Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Your words? Less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. And everywhere fine podcasts are available, be sure to hit that subscribe button right now and hit that little notify bell next to it so you guys know whenever you get new Going In Raw content. And over there on the iOS uh, podcast side, be sure to hit, I think it's like subscribe or download or something. And if you got the time, be sure to share a review with the fine people on the iTunes podcast app. Yes, and please. And let everybody know, good or bad, what you think about going in wrong. Yes, please. We're also at uh, Patreon at mm-hmm. patreon.com slash Stephen Larson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just updated it. Yep. New stuff. New. Took away one thing. Yes. We still need to fulfill the the, the Google Hangouts, though. We need to schedule those. Yeah, we do. we got to get to those at some point. we got to get to those. But after we do them, we got a bunch of custom videos to do, too. Yes, we have to do that. Man, we're busy. Yeah, we're busy people. We have a lot of stuff. Too much. Um, we're also at Pro Wrestling Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com slash going in raw. Ten <laughs> designs. I swear, number 11 is coming. Do you want to get freaked out a little bit? $50 patrons. Really? <laughs> From day one. We have to figure, if we can figure out, like, who we haven't done. We've done, we've or, just, we've done about we've done 10. Around, we've done around 10, so. I didn't know we had that many. So we're looking at about this. <laughs> Uh, a lot of support. We love you people. Yes. Anyway. I didn't know there was that many. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we're there on the Patreon. Lots of great rewards. You can check them out. We can have access to a live stream right now. we got about 25 people watching, 24 people watching this live, interacting with us here and there, and uh, they get to check this out. Yes. Fun. We're also at ProWrestlingTees.com. Already mentioned slash. that. Nice. I was falling asleep during You were looking at your list of patrons over there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, anyways, we should probably get talking about, this is all about 205 Live and NXT for Correct. the week. Um, so we'll get right into it. 205 Live had perhaps, perhaps, you know, if this was in front of a hot crowd, oh, this man. could have been a match of the year contender. I, I mean, think, I know there's like, I think it still is. Like, you know, I think it is too, but that crowd, you know, look, until something comes along that isn't Omega Okada, that's like probably going to be match of the year. Well, I have I have a running list, but yeah, of of match of the year candidates, and I have the the top ten spots. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing, no entries, but in place. Yeah. But number one's locked in for the time being. Yeah. And that is Okada Omega. Yeah. But they're having the rematch uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. My goodness gracious. So uh, that's happening. Going to have a lot of wrestling. Let's see if they can best their first match. 
Um, so, but yeah, this this TJP uh, Neville match was what I felt. Number one, it came off like a blow-off match. Yeah. Like the intensity between these two guys was something else. Was absolutely something else. You could tell that they really got a good kick out of working with each other. Mm -hmm. Or they're getting a good kick out of working with each other. It was the intensity that was kind of lacking, I felt. in, in be, I'll be honest with you, in all three of the Austin Aries matches. Yeah, well, I think... But I, I kind of wonder, without the Austin Aries matches, if this match would have had the same impact. Because I felt like... No, no, I, I, I don't. You absolutely know. not. I mean, if, if you, you, this is kind of, to be honest, this is kind of... If I don't think that this is the blow-off match. That wouldn't make any sense. No. But given their relationship, within the context of the Austin Aries feud... This felt like a blow-off match. Like it, it did. It, absolutely. This, this was part of that whole thing. And, and it wasn't... Uh, what I really liked about it wasn't so much... We see a lot of matches where uh, someone delivers a move they think is going to win the match. Their opponent kicks out, and they're shocked that their opponent kicked out. Yeah. But throughout this entire match, Neville was really selling this idea... Like, how dare mm -hmm. TJP have the temerity... Mm -hmm. To not just kick out, but to stand up to me. Right, exactly. And that kind of seemed to be the overriding story through this match, where Neville would dominate, TJP would would come back a bit, and then uh, Neville would just overpower him again. Right. And there was this back and forth, back and forth, and the intensity was great. And the whole time, uh, there was one spot in particular because I rewatched the match this morning, where, where Neville says, "Why do you make me do this to you?" Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. And it's like, why don't you just stop? Yeah. Lose. Yeah. You know, it's like you're un unleashing. This violence upon yourself, TJP, because you won't just stay down. Right. It was just a really well told story. Yeah, and, and the I, finish was fantastic. And it, 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 what made it better is that TJP throughout the episode, because he had an interview prior to this, he stayed within character. It wasn't like all of a sudden, oh, I'm. I oh, was, I know. I was wrong, therefore I'm faced now. No, it's look, I'm I'm mad. Like I'm still within my heel persona. Yes. I have every right to demand this. Yeah. And I'm going out there. To there was this it. one spot where, uh, oh, what's the move called? That a uh, Tajiri used to do were the submission on, on the ropes. The spider... Tarantula? Tarantula, yeah. So Perkins did that, but before he did it, he dabbed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's totally staying within character. No, it was it was great. Let's start from the beginning. Then. Yes. Uh, we had Noam Dar come out and sort of recap uh, the, the events for, for his... He talks about Cedric Alexander. Yeah. He, you know, he sort of recaps the history with Cedric Alexander for people who may, might not have been watching 205 Live before. Um, says, you know, I, I'm not mad at Cedric Alexander because I realize that he is just envious of what I have. Yeah. Which is, of course, Aliyah Shepard. Um, so then, <laughs> Noam Dar's promos crack me up because if this dude didn't have a Scottish accent, it would be plain as day how bad he is at delivering prepared lines. But because he has that Scottish accent... It like kind of cover, you know, like anything read, like you can read a British phone or you can read a phone book in a British accent and it'll come off kind of Shakespearean-ish. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like there's not a lot of bet, like for Americans, who is it, who, our friend, our, I think our friend's boyfriend was talking about uh, Dogtooth and he's Greek and he was saying, they have their t it's terrible acting in that movie. But we don't know that. Yeah. We love the movie because, number one, it's a fantastic movie. Yes. But also, we can't tell if the acting is bad because they're speaking in a foreign language. Yes. Um, um, one thing, that's sort of Noam Dar. For one me. thing Noam Dar does really well is is portray his 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 sense of arrogance. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. And that projects. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, he's, he's a fantastic character. I love Noam Dar. Yeah. It's just the prepared lines thing 
still doesn't like, really work for him. It doesn't really work for him. But, well, then it, but then it does work because I'm not cringing during his promo. There's been times where he's quite obviously forgotten his lines. Yeah, I know. So maybe it's just the, 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 the maybe it's an issue with him. And this is a speculation because I know it, it's probably happened to other wrestlers where some people are doing a promo and they're more concerned with getting their lines oh, yeah. correct yeah. as opposed to worrying about the performance. Yeah, for like sure. I said, he's always really good about exuding this, 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 his arrogance. We've been doing so. We've been doing this kind of thing uh, for a very long time, and it was always like it's always whenever you and I have to like if we ever have to write things to say. And then remember him oh, because yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. we're we're simply not going to bust out the teleprompter. The, we come on, we have to do like a million takes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine doing that in front of fifteen thousand. Oh, and he probably got that script uh, an hour before the show. I know. Maybe. So look, I'm not I'm not piling on. No, the no, guy. no, 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 no. It's no, just no. kind of obvious. Um, but then you know, like to your point, also whenever we've had to improv. Yeah, it's like that. Like, there's no stopping us. You yeah. Know? So I don't know. I Especially think, once we get into a rhythm. Yeah, I, I I really wonder if in Noam Dar's case it would be much more beneficial if he was like, let me just say what I'm going to say. But also he's young, so you know. Yes. Uh, anyways, that led to a match between him and Cedric Alexander. It was a fantastic match. Uh, the lumbar check to finish it off was fantastic. No one sells the lumbar check like Noam Dar. I know, because he like. They like it was like a weird sort of smooth motion into it. Well, yeah, Cedric it was a very reversed, athletic lumbar. Uh, Cedric reversed. I think Dar was trying for his finisher. Yeah, and then Cedric grabbed him, you know, threw him up, mm-hmm. landed on his back, and whenever Dar uh, uh, sells it, yeah, uh, he lands on the knees, but then he he uh, jumps. It feels like yeah, off yeah. And adds a little bit more to the cell. Well, so it actually, it really adds to the impact of the move. So he he does he does that. But last night, I felt that like it was almost like he skipped off the knees, yeah, yeah. you know, because he came in at an angle, and it's and I thought it, ma- it looked really cool, it looked really effective, yeah. it was much better than like last week when we saw a lumbar check against. Who did he fight? Like who did Cedric fight last week? Was that it? wasn't It wasn't his first match against no. Cedric. No, it was. Um, Oh, it was uh, Hollis. Yes, it was Hollis. Yes, and that just looked clumsy. Um, so it kind of depends on the on the opponent. But anyway, Cedric picked up the clean win. Yep, and afterwards said, "I'm done with this." Yeah. So I, I'm hoping this means next week he's going to sort of start fresh with a feud against somebody who actually matters. Maybe it'll be Brian Kendrick at that point. Could be because the characters I was sort of moving on to whatever this Titus Brand thing is. Maybe. Um, then we had the TJP interview. So they did. Was this when they did? sort of a package to precede this. I thought they did like a package that was sort of TJP heavy. I thought they opened the show. Maybe that was it. They did because they were talking about, they were really building up the championship title aspect of the match. And so they did this and they didn't they do like a package that was sort of showed like Rich Swan's victory and then Brian Kendrick's victory or the other way around, something like that. I don't remember. I think they did like some... Anyways, and that prompted TJ Peter in this interview to say, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not him anymore. I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm more savvy now or whatever yeah. he said. Um, and I liked it. I thought it was intense. I, did, I thought it was, you know... Ever since he's turned heel, he's been given some good stuff to work with. Yeah. In terms of promos. Yeah. And week after week, he's gotten a lot better. It's I, I And it, it literally, like, watching sort of the recap stuff, like the championship recap package thing that they were doing. I swear there was like two of them to sort of, you know. Entirely was, possible. In, yeah. Um, I watched this late Tuesday night. So. Yeah. Uh, 
watching that, I recalled, I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago, you know, how much I really could not stand T.J. Perkins. Everybody out there watching this remembers how anti-T.J. Perkins I was. Um, But you're right, like, being along with Neville and doing this stuff, he's really come a long way. Um, And it's it's even at the point where I could see in six months if they wanted to move him back to being face, I would hope that he would have he would take the stuff that he learned and he wouldn't just go back to being like the boring wisecracking guy. Part uh, gaining the experience of repetition, Mm -hmm. but it's also he has good stuff to work with. Yeah, that's true. And he, in terms of character, he didn't really have good stuff to work with before. Right, that makes all the difference. It really does. Yeah, because his especially uh, Perkins's promo on Raw this Monday. Mm Great. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Great. Yeah. Uh, we had Mustafa Ali versus Louis Valet. I, I think we've seen Louis Valet before in NXT. So maybe we've seen him wrestle live. I have no idea. He looks very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. Anyways, uh, Drew Gulak <laughs> came out the, towards kind of the beginning of this match um, and sort of hung out at the top of the ramp and was shouting out. Was it towards the beginning of the match or like midway through middle, the, midway through middle. the match? He comes out with a little uh, bullhorn thing and starts uh, talking about, you know, his standard thing of, you know, this no-fly zone, yeah, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Um, Mustafa Ali ended up winning with a roll-up because Louis Valley was trying to take advantage of the distraction. Yeah, but wasn't uh, Mustafa Ali trying to uh, focus on a more ground-based attack this entire match? I remember him doing a whole lot of top rope stuff. Um Well, that's so he won with the roll-up. Yeah, I, yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't notice. I mean, it... it it, it, I'll say this. It does seem... I didn't really notice during the match. I, it, it did seem that Mustafa Ali, after he won... Because Gulak said something afterwards. That, yeah, that's how you do it. Well, no. Drew Gulak was saying, I've essentially, I've been validated. Yeah. You won with the ground game, and Ali seemed to be kind of taken... I, don't, I, I think this is part of his performance. He seemed to be taking it to heart. That's what I read from his reaction was, oh, yeah, he might actually have a point here, but this conflicts me because I don't like it, which I love. Yes. I love if Drew Gulak actually turns Mustafa Ali into to seeing his way of things. Into I think a, that'd be a fantastic a, angle. A, a map-based wrestler? Well, I want there to be some conflict. I, yes, I just agreed. can't just be him saying, no fly, and then uh, because, again, you know, the bottom line is, again, we had a shot at Drew Gulak, and out of nowhere, Mustafa Ali is landing Still on great. him. Still great. So, which is amazing it's to see fantastic. every single time. I can see that every week. Yes. But I did think, and maybe this was... Maybe the maybe this wasn't what he was intending to do with his performance, but when he was scratch, he was, I think he was literally scratching his head doing this. Oh, that I thought I took that as is uh, he's being sarcastic. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, it was well, genuine. All right, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I I took it to me. I I I was doing this. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to ascribe that level of depth in Mustafa Ali's performance. So I was taking it. Maybe he's taking it to heart. Could be. Yeah. But if he wasn't, then why would he be doing a ground-based attack on Louis Valet? So I don't know. I, honestly, I don't remember enough of the match. I was, I was confused as to who Louis Valet was. Um, maybe to challenge himself to see if there's any uh, validity to what Gulak was saying. You're reading way too much into that, man. Storytelling, man. Because then why would he attack him afterwards? Wouldn't he then go to him and say, "Hey, well, it's one thing. It's one thing. It's one thing to say, okay, maybe maybe this this uh, philosophy in the ring works, mm-hmm. but then to have some Gulak, jerk, some jerk out, come out there and say, <laughs> see, I told you so.'" <laughs> but he was saying it very diplomatically. That's the thing about it. He was oh, like, come on! Do you understand what I'm on. saying now? He was he was 
He was being a little bit of a jerk. Yeah, well, he's a politician. Uh, let's see here. Then we had Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa backstage. They're interrupted by Titus O'Neil, who, uh, number one, can't get Akira Tozawa's name right to start, or he didn't quite know it. And then he starts saying, hey, I was recommended by your old roommate, Apollo Crews, your best friend, Apollo Crews, um, to come talk to you about possibly joining Titus Brand. You can go, we can go international with this. And uh, Akira Tozawa and, and Titus really love the ha, ha, ha thing. And Akira was just confused the entire time. I think he can make big money with Titus Brand. I'd <laughs> love to see Akira and Titus Brand. No. I mean, I would. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Yeah. It's great. Well, yeah. Why are you hesitant right there? Well, I mean, uh, in terms of, of storylines, uh, Akira Tozawa has been very successful. Yes. In terms of winning matches. Yeah, but now he needs to be successful in making money. On 205 Live, whereas Titus Brand really hasn't won a whole lot. Well, he needs to bring his win percentage up. Right now it's at a 33% win percentage. Yeah. Not good. By the way, we, I, I kind of want to go back and watch that Callisto Apollo Cruz pre match. Pre show yeah. match? Because yeah. uh, Meltzer, wrestling observer, said it was really good. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. People are like, why don't they watch all of wrestling? Uh, let's see here. Then we had a Neville interview where he says, Nobody is at the Neville level. Neville level. Neville, the level of Neville. And then the main event. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, it was, dude, it was so good. Fantastic. It was so good. The yeah. finish, uh, we. Sp- Already talked about it quite a bit, but the finish deserves uh, some special recognition because it Very was good. quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it encapsulate, encapsulated sorry, mm-hmm. the story of the match in one sequence. Yes. So uh, towards, uh, towards the end, uh, TJP starts working Neville's knee. Yeah. Gets him in the knee bar. Neville's trying to get to the ropes. Oh, so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neville releases, oh, sorry, TJP releases a hold um, to pull uh, Neville back into the center of the ring. While he's doing that, Neville reverses it and tries to get Perkins in the rings of Saturn. Perkins reverses that into a pin attempt. And I think at two, Neville reverses that mm-hmm. into the rings of Saturn. Yeah. And then Perkins has to tap. Yeah. So good. It was fantastic. And the, the look, it was funny as we talked about this at Starbucks the other day. The look on TJP's face, like that finish when he was in there, it, he was excruciating. He was trying to be defiant. And eventually he tapped out, and it was in such stark contrast to Austin there, who literally just did this. <laughs> just nodded his head and then tapped out. He nodded his head and tapped out. Oh, man, that was so underwhelming. It was great. Um, anyways, great, great match, match of the year candidate. It's on, it's on the list of contenders. I mean, we're going to have to do a, like a 1A and 1 everything else. Well, we'll have, to do, we'll have to do a list of, of top 10 New Japan matches. Yeah. And then top 10 everything else. Nothing. All other promotions. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I got to watch that Kushido Osprey match. I know. Too. That, I know. That was great. 29 minutes of wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, d- really strong 205 Live. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just the crowd, but, you know, they're doing really good stuff. They cracked the top the top 19. So Sasha Banks got them to 19, but not quite good enough to crack uh, uh, against a rerun of NXT. So more people watched the prior week's NXT than this week, this past week's 205 That's Live. such a bummer. That is the big drag. But you know what? It's not going to get better. Like, creatively speaking, I would love, look, I would love the show to be successful, but the ratings reflect the, pro- the, ratings reflect the problems the show has. Yeah. It's presentation. Yeah. Where it's done. 
So that needs to be fixed. It does. And if their if their idea of fixing it is let's bring Titus Brand on the show, that's not going to do it. That's not going to be like if you start if their idea is well, we want to get some crossover here because didn't you read something? That, yeah, in the in the in the newsletter. Okay. There was a mention in there about uh, more crossover, but uh, I, I don't know if it was just because of how well maybe they thought the Sasha Banks um, uh, storyline went, mm-hmm. that it seemed to be, based on the newsletter, that it was going to be predominantly uh, uh, competitors from the women's division coming over to 205 Live. I swear this ends up just being like a girlfriend of the 205 Live division. That's going to be horrible. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting they're going to do that. But um, but you know with the, this this Titus Brand Tazawa storyline maybe we'll get Apollo Crews versus yeah. Akira Tazawa on Raw yeah and that will be the start you know hopefully of more things that eventually maybe we'll get Neville versus Seth Rollins stuff like that yeah yeah you're intent on seeing that Neville versus Seth Rollins match well I mean it's we've seen it before I'd love to see that that'd be great they've had a match before yeah just right. not as their current characters that is correct. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I just you always point out Seth Rollins. I want to see. Well, he's a top face on. I want to see. You never asked me what I want to see. What do you want to see, Steve? Neville versus Seth Rollins. Let's talk about NXT here. Speaking of former NXT champions, yes. let's talk about their former home NXT. Yes. Um, another fun episode. Yes. There is some. There is a lot of fun stuff going on here, man. I'm freaking loving NXT. There is some interesting stuff that Regal was talking about in some interview he gave. When he was talking about his relationship with Triple H. Yes, I saw that too. As it pertains to NXT especially. And he was saying that indeed they do sort of feel like these last couple rounds of TV tapings are kind of a, a reset of sorts because of all the all the, te- the talent they have in mm-hmm. NXT. Mm-hmm. The new talent coming through. Yes. So uh, we're in the thick of it. We had kicked off with Heavy Machinery. Oh, no new theme song this week. That made me kind of wonder if, if, if they're... Toying with the idea oh, of, of of licensing new music on a re- well, I would yeah between like takeover basis. to takeover maybe could be because they again they gave a shout out. Hey, I want to say thanks to so and so for their song, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Typically, how they do it with takeovers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and so I wonder if they're going to do license on it on a takeover by takeover basis. Could be. Could be kind of interesting, but it'd be kind of interesting. If they can find music that encapsulizes whatever phase they're in. Yeah. No, I know. I yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. could be interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's going to be very confusing. Like, we're just going to get used to a song, and then... And then every four months or three months, it's going to change. Yeah. Then maybe they'll do, like, a compilation. That will be super happy. Could be. Yeah. A bunch of music we just got used to, and now we get to listen to it. Uh, anyways, it kicked off with Heavy Machinery versus Lars Sullivan and Victor Andrews. Where have we seen Victor Andrews before? I swear I've seen this guy before. He's a little guy. Um, Lars Sullivan is massive. This dude has the biggest rib cage I've ever seen in my he life. He reminds me of uh, uh, of like a wrestler from the fifties or sixties. I was thinking, oh my god, I was yeah. going to say an old timey circus wrestler. Yeah. So like, I'm even going back fifty years before you. Okay. Like, he reminds me of somebody that I would have seen, but now he does. Yeah, he totally reminds me of like somebody from yeah you'd see from like the fifties or like an old black and white footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, he's a massive human being. Yes, he's huge. Anyways. We got the, the familiar story we've seen already um, with him. Heavy Machinery took them on. Heavy Machinery has some really fun Haas-specific tag team moves. They do. Haven't seen, I, don't know if, I don't know if I've seen this stuff before. It's great. I know. Very Haas-specific 
tag team moves. I don't know who's doing their tag team stuff over there, but oh, my but God, great. they know what they're doing. Yes. Like, if I'm, when I get interested in tag team wrestling, then you know you're doing something right. Um, yeah, so as you mentioned, the uh, the story uh, of this match played out similarly to uh, Lars Sullivan, Dylan Miley. Yeah. Um, his previous tag match where... I think he's done this twice, hasn't he? Yeah, this is the second time. No, I thought I thought, I thought this was the oh, first time. Oh, prior to this? Oh, did. maybe. I, I could be wrong. I thought he only mentioned one other time. Okay. Um, so uh, Lars Sullivan starts the match, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Victor Andrews tags himself in. Yeah. Um, heavy machinery. Uh, uh, gets the better mm-hmm. of Victor Andrews. Yeah, they hit him with the compactor. They freaking destroy him, and uh, gets the win. And Lars Sullivan, upset about losing, takes out his frustrations on Victor Andrews. Yeah, very sad. So, at what him. point will people just refuse to to be uh, Lars Sullivan's tag team partner? Well, that should be the story, shouldn't it? Yes, you know. and that should start happening uh, next time Lars Sullivan is booked for a tag match. Do we know? Uh, have you read spoilers? Do we know if that's going to be happening? In the oh, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I, I haven't remember, seen either. I remember. Yeah, I want that to happen. I want like maybe he'll find like a really good tag team partner. You know, and they'll still lose. You know what will happen? Maybe is instead of of and this would be an interesting way because. You know, a lot of times when you have these huge physically dominant wrestlers, they book them in, in matches, in squash matches, mm-hmm. like with, with Ryback and, and Braun Strowman, sure. where at first they're booked against one uh, jobber and then two. Mm-hmm. So maybe instead of just going that obvious route with Lars Sullivan, they're going to just have him competing as tag teams by himself. Yeah. Oh, win. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that could be. It'd be kind of funny if he did this, if he attacked his dude. During a match because they weren't performing up to par, like mid match, they're starting in and he's like, "Oh, hold on a second. He gets the opportunity to tag them out, and then he just destroys them in the middle of the ring, rolls them out. He's the legal man. He eats up the, his opponent. Could be. I'd like to see that. Uh, next up, we had a Killian Dane interview where we got to to, to witness the full scope of his uh, Scottish brogue. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Man. Wait. Is he Scottish? No. Is he British? No, he's Irish. Oh, he's Irish. Okay, he's Irish, bro, whatever they call it then. Um, yeah, no, it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, he was with Sanity. I like this. I think they've got big money in Killian Dane. I yes. think they think that as well. I think yes. he's going to be the breakout guy of Sanity. Could you see a Killian Dane versus Sanity program? Or do you think it's going to be like down well, I after mean, they, they uh, As we saw in the main event tonight, they gave him his own remixed version That's of right. the Sanity theme. That's right. I don't recall if Nikki Cross has I don't think she does. I don't think, I don't I don't think, think she so does. either. I think she so. just came out solo that time. That bums me out. I wish that she would come out with like at least Alexander Wolf when she comes mm-hmm. out for her solo mm-hmm. matches. Um, so yeah, uh, he said that he's going to get his revenge on No Way Jose for interfering, dicking around in their match at uh, what was it Takeover or whatever? No, when did Jose no, it was the was it last week's show? Yeah, I think it was last week's show. I don't know. Anyways, uh, then we had Roderick Strong come out. Let's talk about this, okay? And he says, you know. I made those documentaries, and I showed them to you guys, and you guys seemed to really like them, and I put myself out there for you, and things are going really good in my life. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to fall asleep already. I'll start to fall asleep during that, dude. I don't really? like when somebody comes out and starts bearing their heart, and everything's going good in their life. What fun is that? That's not dramatic. That's not cool. 
Well, I mean, unto itself, maybe not, but then follow that up with Bobby Roode. Nothing is more... Okay, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, this is the guy I'm supposed to be rooting for. This is the guy they want me to root for. Well, they're trying to make him relatable. And he's talking about, it's way too relatable. I have a kid and a wife, and things are going good for me, too. You, too. I don't want to see you in the ring. Well, I do want to see you. That'd be fun. But if you're some dude I didn't know, I don't want to see that. But this is Roderick Strong. He's a phenomenal wrestler. You want to see him in the ring. I do. Good I don't want to see him wrestler. talking about his family, though. That was boring. Oh, my gosh. Start talking about, like, you know, oh, and I just got a soccer mom car and things are great. I don't want to hear about that stuff. Well, I, well, I, Get out of here with what, that. Okay. What I liked about it was that uh, <laughs> Roderick Strong's previous promos, uh, they didn't seem convincing. <laughs> Yeah, this okay. at least seemed convincing. You're, you're right, it was. I mean, it seemed convincing. It seemed genuine. He was, you're right, he was genuine. Um, but anyways, then Bobby Roode comes out, and I loved it, and everybody else loved it too because it's entertaining as hell. And he has a friggin' tissue, and he's doing some fake crying. It looked like toilet paper. I think it was. I think you're right. <laughs> anyway, he starts clowning Bobby Roode. Says you have a. He says, "Yeah, things are great for you now, Roderick. You've got a moderately hot, fian- marginally, marginally marginally hot, hot fiance. fiance. You have a somewhat normal child." <laughs> and he's, he's like, "But that's not going to work in my NXT. That's why I want Bobby Roode to be champion for a while because I want to see, I want to see him mold NXT or at least try to mold NXT to really make it his NXT. That's yes. what it should be." Yes. That has been his stated goal. And he starts talking about, good segue here, by the way. He starts talking about how every idiot in the, he said, everybody wants to play the Bobby Roode lottery. Just like all you people out there, you sink your money in the lottery hoping you're going to win and, and you come up short. And he tells, says, Roderick, I'm sorry, but you're going to come up short too because you're just not the man that I am. Then I swear it cuts to Roderick Strong he's crying. <laughs> and I know he wasn't. I know he wasn't crying. But he kind of had like Miz cry face, like when Cena was running down Miz. He was sort of held his head up like this, and his eyes looked kind of watery. And I'm pro- if if they were, it was because he was under a bunch of lights, and there's a bunch of people there, and it probably just looked that way. But man, it looked like Bobby Roode ran him down so hard that he started crying. Um, speaking of lotteries, um, did you hear Prince Iakea won the lottery? No. <laughs> It. Who was this according to? This was according to... Oh, I forget. It was in the newsletter. Meltzer does like a rundown of the latest uh, podcast, of like some podcasts, and he mentions some interesting stuff. And uh, he's, or he's like, you know, this is some interesting stuff. But he says, uh, he says, yeah, he, he didn't take the, the lump sum, so he gets a six-figure check every year. I forget who said it. I have no idea. But I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Prince I.K., imagine that, winning the lottery. That'd be great. Yeah. I wonder if it's true. It might be fake. I don't know. Anyways, um, so yeah, looks like we're going to get Roderick Strong versus Bobby Roode. Do you think that's at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn? I sure hope so. That's a ways off, though, isn't it? August. Two months. Two and a half months. I mean, that's the... Well, NXT can do that. They're, they don't have their the, the same feud on TV every week, so they can totally get away with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it probably will be a TakeOver. Why not? I mean, they could even have a match on NXT TV and have it be ending a dusty finish. Mm-hmm. Have some sort of shady shenanigans going mm-hmm. on. I look no, no matter what. I don't care who I'm rooting for. This is going to be a fantastic oh, match. Oh yes, this is going to be really, really, really good. Um, and I hope they have a couple of them. Yeah, I me too. I, I freaking hope. I mean, if they do want to take over for SummerSlam, 
And then if they have either another one of those weird sort of not big four takeovers or the the one for what the Rumble Survivor Series Survive oh yeah yeah Survivor Series when do you think they're gonna when do you think they're gonna bring Bobby Roode over to Maine I don't think anytime soon no not before Mania no but I also kind of don't think he should lose the belt before then but at the same time Roderick Strong's Roderick Strong kind of Roderick Strong's one of those guys who kind of needs the belt yeah. Might need the Especially if, you know, as, as we've said many times, we want him to be Mr. NXT. Yeah. Mr. He definitely needs it. Next. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, anyways, I want to see more. I, I just, this isn't, the ceiling of Family Guy just isn't that strong for me. Feel like ceiling of Mr. NXT, I think, is a lot stronger. So, then we cut to Nikki Cross. Talking to herself, just rambling, saying Oscar, Ruby, Oscar, Ruby, and then the uh, the camera zooms out mm-hmm. and looks like she's on the roof of some building, probably there at Full Sail University. Yes. College, what is it? Yeah. University. Yeah. So that's good. Then we had the debut of uh, Sarah Logan, aka Crazy Mary Dobson. She's been on TV once before um, as Sarah Bridges. Yes. So, but it, this is. I, I guess this was. You think this is her fully formed debut? Oh, I don't know about that. Because usually, you, usually you win your fully formed debut. If it's like if they're gonna push you, yeah, yeah, they're gonna push you. Like uh, uh, Sonia Deville, mm-hmm. her fully formed debut. Yes, okay, I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is this, is this Sarah Logan final form? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either because she lost to Peyton Royce. I thought she was gonna pick up uh, like a surprise win. I thought when she gave Peyton Royce. What looked to be her finish, and I forgot what it was. I thought she was going to pick up a win there, but Peyton Royce kicked out of it and ended up going over with the perfect plex. Mm-hmm. So this is more of a Peyton Royce enhancement match. Mm-hmm. But Sarah Logan looked cool. I like her yeah. look. Yeah. It's cool. It's different. I like that uh, Nigel McGinnis. Um, Nigel McGinnis was on fire last yeah, night. Yeah, he was. He made a... Who did he... Who's he? Oh, he used to... <laughs> he made an Of Mice and Men reference. Oh, that was during the... Bill uh, and Miley. Yeah. He said he was like, uh, kind of forget the name of the character now. It was Malkovich in the movie version. Is it George Lenny? and Lenny? Yeah, Lenny, Lenny. Yeah, because Lenny's yeah. like the big brute guy. Yeah, <laughs> he said he's like Lenny from In Mice from Of Mice and Men. That was great. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, then he was talking about Sarah Logan wrestling alligators? Gators? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. They they had her full backstory. Seemed complete. Hmm. Well, that's got to be something. Because, like, I think Sarah Bridges was her non-fully formed persona. And now it's Sarah Logan, obviously, because they're Wolverine fans, I guess. Um, But, yeah, so she's from, I, I would guess, like, the Bayou, if she's wrestling gators? They said too. it had a very Waterboy esque backstory. It was like a Bobby Boucher type thing. They said what state? I don't recall. Oh, interesting. It wasn't Louisiana? I don't think so. That'd be cool. Just got on there and started talking like Foghorn Leghorn. I'll say, I'll say. <laughs> that was the greatest cartoon character name ever, Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we had uh, we had the stalker journalist trying to hunt down Andrade Almas with yeah, after like his loss women after his loss against uh, last week uh, banana oh uh, Cesar Bononi banana Bononi banana um, and uh, yeah 
And then Thea Trinidad. Yeah, slapped Thea, him. Thea Trinidad? Yeah. Slapped the crap out of him. Yeah. She said something like, you might not care about wins, but I do, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. She seemed upset that all he cared about was partying. Yeah, man. So she's like, you. She's like, I don't want to see this storyline. You're tranquilo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So that was awesome. That was awesome. Next, we had uh, Hideo Watami versus Oni Lorcan. Oh Great my match. gosh. Such a fun match. Dude, when Oni Lorcan grabbed Hideo Watami's face and then slapped the crap out of him, crowd went bonkers. This really felt like Oni Lorcan. They made it. Oni Lorcan is the best at making things look real. I know. That's, that's his thing. He makes these matches feel like they're real. Because Hideo Watami, obviously, they're sort of turning him heel. He's still very upset about his loss of takeover, which I love. I love all that stuff. It's great. Um, so he comes out, and he's got just a mean streak with Oni Lorcan. But Oni Lorcan is not the guy you have a mean streak against because that dude will turn on you. Yes. It's like it, every Oni Lorcan match is kind of the same in that it comes off like he's not sticking to the script. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's how it feels. It's like uh, Adeo kept on no-selling his uh, chops, and so he freaking grabs him by the face and just like slapping the crap out of him. Yeah. Until he does, he falls out of the ring. It's great. Yeah. Um, shortly thereafter, uh, Hideo fakes a knee injury. Yeah. Gets up and just unleashes a, 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 a steady stream. Yeah. Uh, strikes the Oni Lorcan. Oh, it's fantastic. It was. And then uh, Hideo hit three go to sleeps mm-hmm. on Lorcan. Until he was a sack of potatoes. Yeah, didn't try to, to pin him no. whatsoever. No, Out comes Castiusono. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hideo shoved him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ono sold this really well. Very reluctantly. Very yeah, reluctantly. He did but he's not going to be pushed around by anybody. No. Despite, I guess, you know, their friends. Yeah, shoves the crap out of Hideo Itami. Yeah. Goes flying out of the ring. So That's great. There's another takeover match. That is going to be a fantastic yes. match. That's going to be so That's going to be a hard-hitting affair. Freaking give Oni Lurkin a massive contract. That guy's great. He is. He's fantastic. I wonder why they haven't pushed him more. I think he's just a really good... Oh, that was one thing that uh, Bobby Roode said about Roger Strong, too. You're just a really good hand. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. But that's legitimately what Oni Lorcan is. He's just an amazing hand. Mm-hmm. He's a really good worker. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had an Ember Moon interview. She spoke about her disappointment uh, losing to Asuka, her disappointment being hurt so she couldn't be in the match at the last takeover. I mean, there's nothing else they can and do. And how her just, next opportunity will be the opportunity. Yeah. We'll see about that. Um She's going to have a match coming up soon. I know she has a match against, like, Peyton Royce. Yeah, she oh. brings up Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Kay. Or, like, the week after that. Oh, something like Usually that. Usually people don't have matches twice, two weeks in a row. Yeah, because they're all generally shot. They're all taped, yeah, a certain way. On one day. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to Ember Moon versus, somebody, I'd imagine, Peyton Royce at some point. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to see, I want to see Ember Moon. I, I don't want to do this healing up crap anymore. I want to move on past that. Uh, then we had the main event, which is Killian Dane versus No Way Jose. I really feel that a day with Tommy Oni Lurkin match should have been the main event. Yeah, I thought that too. Um, but I think I think this is because they really like Killian Dane. Mm-hmm. They really mm-hmm. like him. Um. So, anyways, uh, he comes out to like you said earlier the Sanity Remix. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? It's okay. It's okay. It's not as strong as the, the prime sanity. It doesn't song. make quite the same impact, but it's, it's no, it's fine. I it's like it. Theme. It's okay. Yeah, it's good. Um, no way, Jose. They gave him a really long intro. Boy, they let him dance for like minutes, minutes. 
Um, no Way Jose enjoyed uh, Killian Dane's new theme because he was dancing throughout it. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> uh, I do love that aspect of No Way Jose. Oh, I do too. I mean, I like No Way Jose. I just think that No Way Jose... Could you imagine if No Way Jose had the same sort of character slash disposition as heel Champa? It'd be terrifying because his face is so odd and expressive. If that, if he like suddenly adopts mean face, oh my gosh, who wants to see that in their nightmares? Not me. Terrifying. Anyways, uh, Killian Dane and I'm going over with the Ulster Plantation, um, which is his. Is that that's his one winged angel yeah. thing, right? Yeah, that's a good looking move. It's better when Kenny Omega does it. But uh, it looked cool on a Haas anyways. Yeah, decent move, though. I mean, decent match, though. <laughs> yeah, it was decent. Look at this. Hardly anything on the second sheet of notes. Right here, it's like blood red. Get to writing. We have some questions we need to answer. Hold on, Ryan. Do power rankings? Of what? Do we, do we need a reason to do power rankings? No, but we generally NXT need a... power uh, rankings. What, who are, who's of gonna, what? Who's going to take the title off Rude? Oh, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> At what? So do you, do you see Roderick Strong taking the title off Rude? Right now, no, no. Roderick Strong. I'm saying five. it's going to be one. I'm still sticking with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Two. Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Three. Eric Young. No. No. They're not going to have two TNA guys fight for the title. Really? I don't think so. Oh. They're going to have to in a couple of years. They're um, going to have to. They're going to have to. Yeah, in a couple of years, they're going to have to do that. Cassius Ono. That's an inevitability. Cassius Ono. We'll put Roderick Strong on number four. Yeah. And then number five. Almas. Almas? Who do you have? Who do you think? Have? Okay, let's do a runoff here. Between Almas, Dane, EY, and no way, Jose. Dane. Dane at number five it is. Yeah. There we go. All right. Good job. Well done. All right. Let's do some questions. Yes. Um, Rich Too Sweet Rivera. Hey, friendos. First, I want to thank you guys for everything you do with the show. Thanks to you guys. I've learned so much more about wrestling. I'm able to appreciate it so much more. Thank you. My question to you guys is, knowing so much about wrestling and haven't been watching it for so long, do you ever find yourself nitpicking for small reasons to not like a match or segment or promo instead of just enjoying the moment presented to you? No, that's the most fun. It's nitpick. I love nitpicking. You Are do. You kidding me? Because, look, man, we watch so much of this stuff. Part of the fun is nitpicking. Part of the fun they're presenting to you, it's kind of, like a, it's kind of akin to watching a movie and seeing a boom pole, you know? It's they're presenting to you an illusion of reality, and it's kind of funny because how goofy wrestling is. It's kind of funny to nitpick the sillier aspects of it. So that's what I like. I think I enjoy nitpicking the uh, the older stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I, for the stuff that that's going on now, I I I feel like I not that I won't be critical, but I feel like I want to see how the story plays out. Yeah. You know, for, you know, we we spent a good amount of time talking about Roderick Strong's promo and mm-hmm. how you felt about it and how I felt about it, and, I, and I'm I'm waiting to see where it goes. Yeah. Before, you know, being too hard on it. Yeah. No, I'm just like everything's in a vacuum. Give it to me. Let's see how it plays out. In retrospect, in retrospect, I can look once once it's in its fully formed form. form um, I can go back and say, you know, I mean, I have a terrible memory anyway, so I, I don't remember. Like, I barely remember not liking T.J. Perkins. Now I love him. 
Anyways, um, so yeah, I love nitpicking. I think it's great. I don't do it to I don't do it to the extent that it ruins my enjoyment, though. Yeah, I do it to add to the enjoyment because it's so goofy. I like to pick up the little funny things. Um, oh goodness, uh, Connor Dunmore says you have to book a hair versus hair match in 2017. Who are the two competitors, and who loses their hair? Well, Damo has to be one of them. Really? Damo. I'd like to see like a bald Oscar, because I think it'd be even scarier than hair Oscar. So Oscar. Okay. Oh, and then Nikki Cross. They're both crazy. Oh yeah. Nikki Cross versus Oscar hair versus hair match. I'll say Damo versus. Because you know how whenever they do a hair versus hair match, they like do a botch. Yeah, they yeah. They do like a crap job, and they come out in the next episode. It's clean. Yeah. Mm-mm. They're gonna whoever loses sticks with whatever is done that night, and so it looks it's terrible. Part of the stipulation. Of the yeah, because then you look like you're like in an old like fifties insane asylum. I'm gonna say Damo versus you look lobotomized. Damo versus Bobby Roode. Oh, Bobby Roode looked great without hair, though. Are you kidding me? That'd be he would be more handsy, handsome, handsy. That was weird. Um, pretty boy Adam Mayhem with the current roster in NXT and how stacked it is. Who do you think will be the next couple of call ups, and who will be called up without being champion first? Sanity will be called up without a champion. Yes. Well, without Eric Young or the tag champions, I still think Nikki Cross has an outside chance of getting that title off of Asuka. Um, Almas isn't going to be a champion, but no. uh, he's going to be called up. Oni Lorcan. Oh, yeah, Oni Lorcan. Um. He had that one match on 205 Live. I wonder why they why they they didn't bring him up. Oh, I don't know. They made it act. They made it act like it was a call up too. I know. They made it look like it was a call up. I know. Um, I I still kind of agree with you that I'm not sure Alistair Black is going to get that NXT title. I think they're probably going to bring him up before. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be like a, a call up soon, but I feel like that dude. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Manuel Garcia de Paredes. You guys think that Bobby Roode's promo on Roderick Strong did Roddy any favors? It feels like he wanted to cry and doesn't seem to look as if he had it in him to fight. I agree. I kind of agree. Bobby Roode might just be too much of a man for Roderick Strong. He might actually be right there. Um, Charles Sips. A lot of talent in NXT right now. Book a few top stars exit from NXT. And what brand or promotion would you like to see them go to? Where do you want to see Aleister Black end up? New Japan. <laughs> Can't disagree with that, but I'm going to say SmackDown. Well, I mean, he said brand, but I assume he said exit NXT. Oh, exit? Exit. Wait. Hold on, what? A lot of talent in NXT right now. Book a few top stars exit from NXT. So I guess it could be call-up or leaving the, the promotion. You Would you rather see Aleister Black in New Japan than, one of, than Raw or SmackDown? Well, I mean... I, I'd rather see him on one of the WB shows, but <laughs> him, seeing him in New Japan is, is a very close second. <laughs> uh, I want to see him on SmackDown. I want to see him win the freaking title at WrestleMania. Uh, let's see here. CM Punk finds it insulting. I've recently noticed that Dave Meltzer has never awarded a women's match a five-star rating. Who will be the women that finally put over the first ever five-star women's match? Uh, CM Punk finds it insulting. Uh, thinks it'll be Charlotte and Oscar. I think those two have a very good chance. I think that if if I were to say right now, that'd be my, where my money is. Yeah, Charlotte and Oscar. Agreed. Um, Jack Dolan watching your reactions to Roman at number thirty in the Rumble. 
and Jinder winning the title are always fun to go back and watch. Is there any wrestling moment that you wish you could go back and record your reaction? Good question. Oh, when Seth cashed in. Oh my gosh, I know. There's an Instagram post I think on our Stephen Larson account from the, that when that happened. And but I, that was afterwards. Yeah, I tried to capture the moment, but still, we had like you know, O faces going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that would definitely be. That's that's my answer too. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Empire of Cleanliness. Andrew Mullen says that seems that sanity has a new entrance theme. I think that was just Killian Dane's yes version. Um, he says yeah, but he doesn't like it. He says it doesn't really fit with a menacing group of anarchists. He says he has two questions. Which entrance theme in wrestling history is the most different from its wrestler? That's a good question. And what themes have hurt the wrestler it was given to? Well, I can say for sure that the Vaude villains were done no favors with yes. that entrance. Yes. It was so perfectly fitting with their characters, but at the bottom line is you need to come up with something that's really fitting of the characters and gets the crowd jazzed to see you. Yeah. Um, Wesley Blake, when he had that... Yeah, that was really weird. That really slow. I did not understand that so, at all. That was very bizarre. They got rid of that, though. Yeah, they did. Um, Lee Fox. Hey, friendos. Watched my full episode of NXT and was majorly impressed. His question is, will Hideo Watami leave when his contract expires? And do you prefer it now he's turned heel? Take care. Because there's rumors going around that uh, he was going to go back to Japan. Mm-hmm. And they seem to address mm-hmm. that on NXT this yeah. week. And, you know, he said no. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take Hideo at his word, and, and he's going to be in NXT. Until we've been proven wrong, yes. I'm going to take him for his word. Exactly. Um, this is a kind of a general statement, but I feel like most wrestlers uh, tend to have more to work with and have more fun when they're heel. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy seeing that. So, using that logic, I'm going to say, yes, I prefer Hideo as a heel. Oh, I definitely do. Yeah. But, you know, we haven't seen him fully formed. Yes. So, yeah, jury's still out. But already I'm more entertained by Hideo Tommy in this episode of NXT than I have been in the past. Uh, Evil Larson. If WWE were to sign Dalton Castle on NXT, how would you feel about a tag team with him and the Velveteen Dream. Uh, I'm kind of cool with Dalton just being on his own, doing his thing. I hope that they keep his thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. JT. Hey, JT. friendos. If Billy Kay and Peyton Royce were called to Maine next week, Ooh. what brand would you like to see them in, and who would you have them feud with? Both women's divisions are so stacked right now. I mean, for me, it would be SmackDown because I think they're doing better things with the women's yeah. division. So I'm sort of... Uh, Raw can just sort of do what it's going to... Until Raw can prove that they can they can do a bit better with their creative staff. Yes. Or that they can the creative staff that can, can do, do better, better with the talent. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Um, no, I'll agree with that. SmackDown. Yeah. SmackDown seems like a much more fun place to be for it women's. Does. But then you get to the point, really, where there's, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. A lot of people need that third hour. Uh, the lunatic cringe Drew Q. Uh, you've been given the job to book the upcoming NXT TakeOver with a catch. All titles need to change hands. Oh, wow. What will the stipulation for each match be? Who will participate? Who will ultimately become the new champ 
for each belt. Okay, let's start with the tag team titles. Authors of Pain. Are they going to take on Heavy Machinery or the newly returning TM61? People really love Heavy Machinery. I find Heavy Machinery to be too lighthearted to take on Authors of Pain and actually right now, right now, yes. But you know, like with Authors of Pain, it took them. You know, at first they were so dominant, Mm -hmm. and then when they, you know, when they were facing, uh, I think it started with TM61. No, actually before that, against DIY in the. uh, Dusty Classic. Um, that was the first time they were really, uh, really faced into them at least serious competition, mm-hmm. and they're actually they seem in danger of losing. Yeah. And ever since then, they've had a depth to them. Yeah. And and, and their characters. So I'm guessing that's the same thing's going to happen with Heavy Machinery. I think you're right about that. I think it's going to be a road for them. Yeah. I'm just saying, if I have to book the next takeover. Yeah. It would be. I'm not sure it'd be them next. I would probably say TM61, although I don't want anybody to take those belts off of Authors of Pain. I don't want either of those teams to, although I think Heavy Machinery probably will yeah. in the end because they have to bring up Authors of Pain at some point. Yes. Um, women's title match. What do you want the stipulation to be? I want it to be the Fatal 4-Way like it was supposed to be. And Ember Moon to finally take that. But maybe maybe if Ember Moon has a title, they'll do something interesting with her. Um, but does Oscar get pinned? Of course not. Okay. No. Okay. Um, and then... No, Megan, do this. Oscar goes up to Maine, and they have to vacate the title. <laughs> then it's a fade. It's a triple threat. Never Better yet, have a tournament. Yeah, there. Oh, perfect. Tournament. And uh, who takes the title off? Bobby Roode. Alistair Black. Perfect. I like it. In a steel cage. Uh, let's see here. Well, that's an interesting question. Go for it. Um, Tommy T. Hey, friendos, this question might be better. Oh, might be better for Dirt Sheet, but whatever. I've already started reading it. We'll finish it. Good. But at their apex, what was the hotter angle, the NWO or Austin versus McMahon? Austin versus McMahon. Yes. I'm not going to say it was, like, overwhelming, but it kind of was. Although, <laughs> the Batch of the Beach, when Shivani said, wrestling is cool again. Oh, I know. Like, this is 1994, fool. No, it I know. It's not going to be cool for two no, years. No, no. Three years. Uh, let's see here. I like this. Is great. Larson's personal beard trimmer, Joaquin Cardenas. If sanity was to deform and break up, what would the individual ceilings be for Damo, Eric Young, Alexander Wolf, and Nikki Cross? Nikki Cross, the ceiling is women's champion. Yes. On whatever brand. Um, Alexander Wolf, enhancement talent. I mean,. I mean, uh, until they give him more of a platform to see what we, he can do yes. on his own, I don't see much. Um, Eric Young, upper mid Carter. Yeah, I mean, up, up there with the Miz and Ambrose. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a, on a thin roster, world champ. Mm-hmm. But there's not really a thin roster. No. Demo. Uh, Demo. They seem to think that it's the sky's the limit for Demo. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but I'd probably say same as Eric Young, mm-hmm. upper mid card. Yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do, if they do more with them. Um, so this is kind of interesting. I read this, too. And this this might be more, eh, this will be more more for the dirt sheet. But this yeah, yeah, yeah. accepted one. That's a good question right there about Sami Zayn. Oh, great one to, to end the, the podcast with. From Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, man. 
Larson, you, I'm going to add a person to this. You have to take a chop from either Roderick Strong, Cien Almas, or Oni Lorcan. I'll throw a Deo Tommy in there too. Who do you choose? You know what, man? I'm going to go all in on this. Nobody's ever had to retire from wrestling thanks to a chop. Chops will heal. Give me the baddest bastard. Give me Cian Almas. I want a supersonic chop. Here's the thing about my Almas, because he has delivered what may be the most thunderous chop we have ever heard. But it doesn't happen regularly. Right. Um... So while he might have delivered in that Fatal 4 match the perfect chop, yeah, it's not something that's going to happen all the time. Correct, Amundo. Consistently, I feel like Roderick Strong, Oni Lorcan, yeah, and uh, Hideo, their chops seem stronger consistently. Mm-hmm. So I think I would roll the dice on Almas. It could be the most devastating chop ever, oh, or it could yeah. not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take those odds. All right. All right. You're going to be regretting it when you have his hand literally imprinted well, on I mean, your chest. I'm going to have who one of their handprints on my chest regardless. Oh, good. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. You can host the best backyard barbecue. You can find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.